Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast, Episode 28. Hi, this is Bob. If you've been a listener to Sarasota Stories for a while now, would you do me a little favor? Go to our website, sarasotastories.co, scroll down and enter your best email so you will know when all our episodes will air. It helps us know who's a fan and how many folks are listening. I certainly appreciate it. And now on to today's episode. With many consumers in the U.S. looking for healthy alternatives to alcohol and sodas, A local businessman is doing his part to fill that need with locally brewed kombucha. Kombucha is a fermented tea. In fact, it has been around for centuries in Asia, but is now growing fast in the U.S. and now Sarasota has its own version. Interestingly, it does appear to have healthy benefits. It contains probiotics for digestion and may improve immunity with a fraction of the sugar and sodas. However, the greatest benefit is it really tastes great because I've had plenty. Hi, I'm Bob Williams. And I believe if you truly want to better understand your community to build personal, professional, and yes, even lifelong relationships, then a willingness to hear each other's stories is an absolute must. That's why I created this podcast. It's a podcast dedicated to helping you get connected just a little deeper with those living in this wonderful community we call home. In each episode, I interview business leaders, civic leaders, artists and authors, entrepreneurs, physicians, philanthropists, and others who are making a positive impact in the greater Sarasota area. Today, my guest is kombucha brewmaster Rob Manley of Bumbacha Kombucha. Say that three times in a row real fast. Rob has a degree in marine biology, but always enjoyed cooking. Eight years ago, he began experimenting with all things fermentation. Two years ago, Rob started Bumbacha Kombucha and has never looked back. In today's episode, you'll learn what kombucha is and where his idea came from to produce it locally, the health benefits of drinking Bubacha Kombucha, what are the greatest constraints on Rob's expanding his business, where Rob is working to take his budding kombucha business, locations where you can find Bubacha Kombucha, and much, much more. Thank you for stopping by today and remember to listen, learn, and connect and try to say Bumbacha Kombucha three times really fast. Rob Manley of Bumbacha Kombucha, welcome to the Sarasota Stories podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Bob. <laughs> well, I will say, just for our listeners, I had to practice Bumbacha Kombucha 
least eight times before I went live with Rob here. It's a great name for kombucha, and we're going to get into that a little bit. But uh, for our listeners that do that have never had uh, kombucha, where does it come from, and then where did you come up with the idea to produce it? Well, so kombucha is a fermented tea beverage. Basically, it is a mixture of water, tea, and sugar that is fermented using what's called a SCOBY. Um, that is a symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast. And that basically you introduce a f- small amount of your old kombucha batch into your new kombucha batch of just like tea, sugar, and water. And then from there, it ferments into alcohol. So theoretically, there is traces of alcohol in kombucha. Um, and from there, it ferments into vinegar and a bunch of other compounds. Um, and so it is the exact kind of place that it comes from is unknown. It's kind of an Eastern European slash like Asian fermented tea product. Obviously, you're going to have like the origins of tea. And so you get tea from right. China, India, that region of where like the tea plant comes from and the different varietals of that. So you're going to have some way to ferment that or like some natural combination of fermentation, but hmm. it's not exactly known where it comes from. Right. Right. But so it yeah. goes, uh, what does it like go back centuries and all that sort of jazz? Yeah, absolutely. It goes back very much uh, centuries. Like I'm of course with the unknown exact history, you don't know exactly when it was started. Like there are some theories, but yeah, it's it's an old old drink that came back into fruition through like the like probiotic surge of a few years ago and like whenever the yoga moms just decided to get into the probiotics and everything like that that's whenever people started seeing kombucha and saying hey this is actually a really cool thing it tastes good like obviously they're drinking vinegars things like that like switchel or different types of drinks right. but like kombucha got into huge prevalence well, that, well, that's that's pretty fascinating. I actually have made yogurt before, and I know that you can take a little bit of yogurt from the last batch, put it in the next one, and of course the uh, the beneficial bacteria, I guess, is what you know helps to ferment it and really make it make it uh, you know a healthy product and whatnot. But where where did your idea come? for uh kombucha to make it on make it yourself make it here locally so actually my buddy michael warners who started the company um he started kind of as just like a hey let's just do this because i like kombucha may as well make it and then grew it a little bit but then realized with a new job that he didn't have as much time as he wanted to dedicate towards actually boom kombucha and so his wife natalie helm um also sat down with me and my wife and just said, Hey, I'd like you to be integrated into this because like I've done fermentation for a very long time, a large variety of fermentation. I got into it. God, uh, probably around 2015, 2016 and like was already doing different types of fermentation in my own kitchen. Cause like I like cooking and everything like that. I'm now actually a chef at a restaurant as well. Um, and fermentation is kind of my go-to. But yeah, so whenever Natalie and Michael just realized they didn't have enough time to dedicate to it, I came sure. on as part of the company and owned about a third of the company. And eventually, actually, as of January 1st last year, I actually just took it over and completely did it by myself just because like that's wow. kind of the type of person that I am. I like to do things a lot by myself. Um, yeah. I am a self-sufficient person 
in right. those kinds of terms. So I decided to take over the whole company, do all the work, everything like that. Now it's just me taking over and doing all of that. Well, well, when you say you've done a lot of fermentation, are you saying like kimchi or other types of, yeah? You know, I mean, stuff besides kombucha? Yeah. So, I mean, I've done vinegar. Vinegar is a really, really cool one that I like a lot. Obviously, I've done quite a bit of kombucha making at this point. Right. Because um, I do that by the 55-gallon drum now. Oh, wow. I make a lot of different lacto-fermented things. And so lacto-fermented things would be recognizable from sauerkraut. That is the yeah. biggest lacto-fermented product. And so that's basically just taking salt, adding it to some sort of thing, and letting the natural like lactobacter bacteria ferment that, control the rot of the product so that it still tastes good, adds a little bit of acid <laughs> to it. Because it's the lactobacter actually creates lactic acid. Yeah. Uh. And that's where the name comes from. So like lactobacteria, I also like right now I'm focusing a lot on what's called koji. Um, it is a rice malt. And so that is what makes soy sauce. It's what makes sake, miso, all of those different like really umami rich ingredients. Um, right. The basis is a mold called aspergillus orzai or aspergillus soje. And so like those is what I'm focusing on a lot at home right now. Because um, it's so interesting to me, like controlling the rot of a certain thing over long periods of time. And so I got introduced to it a lot by the Noma Guide to Fermentation, which is a book that came out of like the number one restaurant in the world for a long time, Noma in Copenhagen. And Actually, I've heard of that. Yes. I was. I probably, saw, I probably saw it on some TV program or one of the, you know, the top 10 restaurants in the world. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, I was actually scheduled to go over there for my birthday this year, but obviously oh. with travel, I wasn't able to go to Noma. So instead, we went to Asheville. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, oh no. well. Asheville's very lovely, too. So <laughs> it's probably one of my favorite U.S. cities as well. Cool. Cool. Well, so uh, right now you have, I think it is four flavors. Actually, five, but one of oh, them is only on tap at Meliora, um, the restaurant that I work at, which is a brand new restaurant that just opened three weeks ago at the time of recording. Where's that located? It's on Hillview. It's in the former Blase. Um, like there used okay. to be a Blase on Hillview. And so we, well, my friend Drew Adams and Bruce Pike, um, they got into that spot and completely renovated it. We're very, very different from what it used to be. Like as in tore down a couple walls and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. And we've got a chef's counter and everything like that. I'm in the morning prep pre people. So I'm actually doing all of our fermentation, surprisingly. Uh, <laughs> and then our bread and some of our butchery as well. What's well, let's back up a couple steps there. What so so fermentation, of course, has been around for centuries and there are either, and I, and I hate to say this, FDA approved or FDA discovered, you know, benefits of the, the beneficial bacteria and whatnot, but what ben, what health benefits are there in kombucha? Personally, I'm not like a huge, like, hey, if you drink this, it's going to cure cancer or whatever. Like, I'm not a, like, right. health benefits person. So, right, like, right. I, yes, there are probiotics in there that helps your gut biome. And so, like, it creates a healthy amount of bacteria inside of your gut. Right. And so like that, yeah, absolutely. Like there's a reason that probiotics have helped. And a lot of that's related to like antibacterial resistance and like people nowadays, because we're taking so many antibiotics and stuff like that, that like it Boy, really yes. kills your gut biome. 
Yeah. Um, and so reintroducing some healthy, beneficial bacteria to your gut biome will help you in like spades. Like it makes you feel better. It makes you like just overall good. And so like, that's the only real health benefit that I will tout about kombucha yeah. because that is proven. I basically tell people it's a soda replacement. So like, whereas Coca-Cola, I don't know the exact measurements, but I think they have like 24 grams of sugar per serving. Right. That's like right. eight it's ounce can. It's, it's huge. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're eating basically like six or seven tablespoons of sugar with every Coke that you drink. Meanwhile, I, in a 16 ounce bottle, I'm very dedicated to like one bottle is one serving and I sell 16 ounce bottles. Um, right. I have 13 grams of sugar in the entire thing. And right. that's all like, I don't add sugar after the fact. That's all post fermentation. Oh, I mean, just as an, as a natural aspect of the fermentation process, it produces sugar or it uses the sugar as fuel when it does a fermentation that's just left over or. So basically what happens is some of the sugars, uh, so the sugar, I measure it in a certain amount. I put about 18 pounds of sugar per like 55 gallon drum of kombucha. Um, and so the sugar gets eaten by some bacteria that turns it into alcohol. Basically, it's a complex carbon um, and it's introduced like other things are introduced, eaten, and then it turns into alcohol. And from there, the vinegar is turned out by eating the alcohol and turning it into vinegar. And so like I measure this process on a pH scale. So basically whenever it gets in, it's at a pH scale of like, I think my highest is 3.8. And so by the end, the lowest it should be by like my plan is 2.8. Otherwise it's essentially vinegar, like pure vinegar. Um, and so like, it's not eating all of the sugar and turning that into alcohol and then into vinegar because that would be too efficient of a process. The alcohol bacteria die after a certain amount of acid going down. And so they die off, leave some sugar in the actual thing. So it's nice and sweet, but like it's not super sweet, but also it's very vinegary and stuff like that. So that's just what's left over after my fermentation. Well, you mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago that'd be a great substitute for soda. And yeah. actually, actually, I think it'd be a great substitute for, um, for beer. I mean, I, I like craft beer just like anybody else does, but you know, it's just, sometimes you just don't want to deal with the next morning or, you know, oh, I, I can have one or two, one or two and I'm pretty good. But you know, if you, if you want to go out and you just don't want the alcohol, it's a great substitute. Yeah. And so like I have a, a um, beer bar downtown that carries me. And so like people like they have a running day, 99 bottles. And so afterwards people come and drink kombucha just cause like drinking a beer after a run isn't exactly fun. Um, but also yeah. at Meliora where I work, they made a craft cocktail out of the uh, flavor that I have there. Um, and right. so they have that on bar as like a zero proof, like cocktail. That's cool. Yeah. Um, very, very cool. And I know running back cause we had talked about it. Yeah. I have five flavors, um, smooth operator, uh, passion, lemonade and ginger lime were my four base flavors for the longest time. I kind of didn't have time to change them cause I was so busy with everything. Um, and so smooth operator is a mixture of my passion and lemon. It's just a 50, 50 mixture. That's all it is, which tastes great. And it's one of my biggest selling flavors, honestly. Cool. Um, and then at Meliora, I have a blueberry lemonade and butterfly pea flower and so it's just this beautiful purple gorgeous kombucha honestly butterfly oh. pea flower is 
do really real men cool. do real men drink butterfly and pea flower? I mean, I do, and my last name's Manly, so I think <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it sounds great. I'm definitely going to have to try some here. Where yeah. where do you make it? I guess in a uh, commercial kitchen or? So I actually have a food safe facility over on um, Lyman 6th, right around there. So just right okay. near downtown. Um, I've got about 450 square feet. That That is my entire brewery. I've got one back room where I'm actually doing all of my fermentation and bottle cleaning and stuff like that. And then my front room where I have all of my storage. So like all my dry storage and all my refrigerated storage is up there. Um, and so it's just a tiny little facility that I do everything in. Right. Right. So, so a little bit on the business side, what, what's kind of surprised you about being an entrepreneur? Um, just the constant need for everything. So like the logistics planning of like, yeah, I need these bottles. Um, I'm, I have one pallet of bottles left. I need to actually get them in. How long is the lead time on that? I actually have to order when I'm about two thirds of the way through my last pallet because it's going to take upwards of six weeks for me to get bottles. And so like, I need to figure out the exact planning time and the logistics of getting this part and this part and this part. And I get 3,240 bottles at a time and I get 4,000 labels at a time. And so like, which right. labels am I going through fastest? Like stuff like that. It's the entire logistics planning of the entire ordeal. That is so what there, surprised me most. So there has been some supply chain disruptions, obviously, in a lot of different industries. Have you experienced any of that? A lot. Um, no. So my bottles, I had a huge issue last year. So actually, people that have known my product for a long time will realize that I went from one bottle style and completely changed it. Um, so I was buying what's called a bullet style bottle, which is just a tall, thin bottle with a really yep. wide mouth at the top. Um, and I switched that over to what's called a Boston round, which is a like shorter, wider bottle. They're exactly the same in terms of fluid ounces, but they look completely different. And so with changing that bottle, I also had to change the lid. Now I had to get tamper evident closures because the lids for Boston rounds, you can't get tamper evident lids. So I had right. to get plastic that actually goes around the top of the bottle so that you can say like, Hey, nobody's opened this until you open this. Um, yeah, yeah. And also my labels had to completely change because like, instead of being six inches tall, they had to be four inches tall. So I've got probably 4,000 labels for my old bottles sitting at my brewery that just never got used. Um, and so like, basically I was buying them directly from the bottle manufacturer for a long time, the bullet bottles. And then right. they said, actually, like you're not buying whole shipping containers of bottles. So I don't want to work with you anymore. And so I had to go find those bottles somewhere else for a much, much more expensive price. Yeah. I was paying upwards of $1.50 just for bottles and lids, which that's more than I pay for my entire like bottled kombucha now. Um, and so I had to go and find another company that could supply me with the bottles at not an entire shipping container because my bottles, quite frankly, are sitting in my garage right now. Um, luckily, I have a garage and they're able to sit out there because 450 square feet, three pallets takes up a significant portion of that. So right. that was my biggest thing was finding bottles. And it was a desperate like four month long process of finding who can supply me bottles, who will actually send me bottles that aren't basically at a consumer price. Like there were some places that were like, yeah, I'll definitely work with you and ship you that. But like, it's going to be a dollar a bottle. And also shipping is $800. And it's like, no, right. 
can't exactly do that. Like I'd, right. I'll buy 3000 if you'll give it to me for 30 cents a bottle, but they wouldn't. And so that was my biggest supply chain thing. Like, obviously I'm always going to be able to get like tea. Um, I'm always going to be able to get sugar because we're in Florida. Like those parts aren't too bad. And like all of my other ingredients aren't too, too bad, honestly, but bottles are the biggest, biggest problem. Well, that is the, uh, that's the challenge of any startup. It really is. And uh, your batches are smaller, so you can't order a lot of this stuff in higher batches. And uh, that's just really one of the constraints. So, so right now you distribute throughout the greater Sarasota area. Is, is that the only area that you uh, ship to or, and, and how does that work? So currently I am bottling everything and delivering. So I distribute through myself. Um, I am actually still showing up to places and saying, Hey, do you want to buy my products? Like give this a try. I'm personally showing up to everything and doing that. And what's so, what's typically the response? That was going to be one of my other questions because you, know, you call on a dozen potential customers and some of them say yes, some of them say no. And what's, what's kind of the, not, why do they say yes? And why do they say no? I guess. So I'm not the biggest salesman. Like I'm obviously like I worked in coffee for many years. And so like, I am a personable person. I can tell, I can talk to people, but like, I just know my audience. And so typically like my, showing up to places has been very successful because like, I'll say, Hey, this place has like, for instance, like, Oh yeah, there's a bunch of yoga moms that show up here. So like, they're obviously going to love kombucha. They already have kombucha. And so these people want like a smaller local product instead of buying say like GTs out of the Pacific Northwest where like it's being shipped all the way down here. Maybe they do this, but I also have some people that have never had kombucha before. And yeah. like, they want something accessible and that's what I'm here for is just like, I want my kombucha to be like very easy going so that new people who have never tried kombucha will drink it and be fine. With sure. It. sure. Um, and so like just showing up with samples, that's my biggest thing of just like, I'll show up with all four bottles that I have. Just be like, here, take these for free, drink them, try them out. I think it would go well with what you do here. And like that also will benefit your business because like I'm selling it to you at this price. This is what people typically sell it for. You only have to buy my minimum right now is one case at a time. It's 12 bottles. And so it's not a huge investment. It's right. like you'll make basically double your money off of this, which is perfect. So it's not a huge hard sell, but also I work like I leverage my personal connections as well. And so like, the coffee shop that I used to work at, they buy kegs and they buy bottles from me yep. still. Um, the restaurant that I work at, obviously, they buy bottles and everything. But like I have some friends that were doing a vegan pop-up thing for a long time. And they started buying bottles from me a long time ago. It didn't work out for a little while. And then they started again because like they started doing like a takeout service. And that worked really well. I have another friend who's opening a new coffee shop soon. He's going to buy bottles from me as well. I spread by word of mouth mostly yeah. because it's, I think those are the best marketing strategies. So just like make yourself good enough that people will talk about you. And so like by people talking about you, they'll come to you. And that's been my biggest thing. It's, it's interesting in some regards, you and I are kind of in the same business because just as you are a bit in the educational business of trying to get people to try kombucha that have never had it before, Likewise, even though podcasting is exploding, 
there's a lot of people that never even listened to a podcast before. And particularly the demographic down here may even be a little bit more challenging. So you do have to educate people what it is and all that sort of jazz. So I find that interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Like getting people to try something that's out of their wheelhouse is not always the easiest thing, but like once they do, they always are a lot more receptive to it in the long run. And even if so, people don't like it, like that's fine. Sure. What What's the vision then? Um, honestly, like, like I had mentioned in the SRQ article, I want to be in a convenience store. Like those are right. my favorite places. And so like, I would love it to be in like Seven Eleven or Wawa. I don't care. Like it's accessible. It's right there. That's all I want for it is just for the mass market to be able to try that. Cause like, People don't think about fermentation whenever it comes to like other things. Like, yeah, they eat a lot of fermented products and drink a lot of fermented products, but they don't think about the fermentation part of it. Meanwhile, kombucha is very upfront and like it is a fermented product. Everybody knows that. Like nobody thinks about the fact that cheese is fermented or like soy sauce is fermented or beer is fermented. All alcohol is fermented. Nobody thinks about that. Um, and like, I just want to get that fermentation in front of people's faces. And so like being a mass market product would kind of be what I would love for my company, even if I'm not a part of it in the future. Like if I sell it to someone and they're able to take it to a mass market with like my plan, I'm perfectly fine with that. Sure. Where's it sold now? Uh, so I have a lot of different places around Sarasota and then also one in Arcadia. So I'm actually from Central Florida. So like whenever yep. an old cafe in Arcadia contacted me, I was like, yeah, I don't care. Like I'll deliver to you just every once in a while. <laughs> um, so I'm actually driving over there today. But I've got Hamlet's Eatery, which is at the Bazaar at Apricot and Lime. They are just right next to my brewery. And so it's a perfect relationship. I drive literally two seconds and I drop off bottles there. They're very kind people. Um, 99 bottles, O&A Coffee downtown. Uh, Meliora, obviously. 1592, downtown. They're right on the circle. One of my oldest and closest relationships also, Fushi Poke. Uh, Tyler from Fushi Poke has been a friend for going on 10 years now, honestly. And so when he opened that spot, he's probably my most prolific client at this point. Any of the farmer's markets? So you can find me at the like downtown market and Philippi Creek market through O&A. Um, I don't have the time currently to show up yeah. the markets. Um, I was looking into trying to get into the Lakewood ranch market, but it's such a time commitment for me personally sure. that it's a tough sell. Maybe at some point we'll see, but right now you can find me at ONA and soon enough at the Lakewood ranch market at Waterside, you'll be able to find me at ONA coffee whenever they open their place up there as well. But that's whenever that happened. But yeah, it's a lot of like downtown places and just, I have a Google map actually on my Instagram that will show yep. you this is my entire setup. This is where you can find me anywhere. I've got another place in Bradenton and Palmetto that I'll be picking up soon. So, yeah, it's just like wherever I can find. So besides your Instagram account, where else can people find out more about Bumbacha Kombucha? Um, I also have a Facebook page. Um, yep. And that's pretty much it. Like I have a website, but it's under construction currently. I'm trying to switch over providers on the website. So I got to figure and sort all that out before I actually launch the website. But other than that, yeah, that's like my personal Instagram. Also, 
but that just mostly leads to my kombucha Instagram. <laughs> well, it's it, it's a great product, I'm sure, and I'm looking forward to trying it. Can, can somebody just, I mean, if they contact you, can they say, hey, I just want to try a case of this? Can they just... Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm not okay. opposed to selling retail through myself as well. Um, yeah. And that's like, if you buy a case, yeah, I'll come deliver it to your house too. I don't, whatever they want, honestly, <laughs> if they're buying like one single bottle, I'm not going to drive out. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Right. But yeah, I do still have like, you got to make money. And everything. That's right. Well, we will certainly have all the backlinks in the show notes and whatnot if our listeners want to find out more about you. Rob, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And uh, I look forward to seeing where you are in the next couple of years. Uh, maybe you will be in the 7-Elevens and the Walmarts and all that sort of jazz. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. Get, <laughs> get, get maybe, maybe get some time on uh, Shark Tank, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, we'll see what happens. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thank you, Bob. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Connect.